the best, 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 best of Crest in the Afternoon countdown. Number, Number 21. 21. And good afternoon. I'm Al Cresta. As we're coming in, uh, introducing the hour, I told the story of uh, being an undergraduate and hearing time and again uh, that the Catholic Church had been slow to come to its condemnation of slavery. I wasn't a Catholic at the time and didn't pay a lot of attention to it. I didn't feel I had to defend the Catholic Church at all. But years later, when I did become Catholic, I came across a book by um, Joel Panzer, a little, fairly small book called The Popes and Slavery, uh, when I was browsing through uh, Alba House Bookstore in Dearborn. And I found that, in fact, the Church had had some ex- very explicit condemnations of uh, slavery. Uh, I mentioned uh, earlier at the top of the hour that uh, Pope Eugene— the the fourth or Eugenius the fourth condemned the enslavement of the Canary Islands, the people of the Canary Islands. He condemned the injustices had to be corrected in fifteen days, or excommunication uh, went forth. Unjust racial slavery was condemned when it was discovered. When it was, it was condemned in the strongest of terms, and popes reiterated it through history. So why is it then that it remains one of those? I call them principalities and powers or strongholds. Why does it remain that the Catholic Church has was slow to come out and finally condemn slavery? Well, we now have a professional historian who's done serious work on this, and it's our friend Dr. Paul Kengor. Paul is the author of many books. Most recently, though, the one we're talking about today, The Worst of Indignities, The Catholic Church on Slavery. Uh, Paul has, uh, you know, written many spiritual biographies of Ronald Reagan, Hillary Clinton, George W. Bush. He's done tremendous work on the Catholic Church and the Cold War. And uh, he's a professor of political science at Grove City College in Grove City, Pennsylvania, a senior academic fellow at the Institute for Faith and Freedom, and is editor of The American Spectator. Paul, thanks, and congratulations on this book. Oh, well, thanks, Al. Yeah, it was... Um... I don't know if congratulations are in order. I mean, sometimes, sometimes going through this uh, this research and having to reply to all these different attacks on the church can be can be um, very frustrating. Yeah, and and very difficult. In fact, I remember it's probably been a few years now. You did a you did a series, I think, on clubs to beat the Catholic Church. That's right. right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, and I remember the Crusades was one of them. I right. think maybe Galileo was another. Right. And 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 th- yeah, this has developed into one as well. That's right. right. The idea that um, well, the Catholic Church didn't re- get around to condemning slavery until you know Pope Leo the Thirteenth, or if you look around, you'll even see some claims of not until Vatican II. Yeah. And yeah. and 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 this is this is one that's really shocked me because because I've known for for years. And I did, I mean, the, the genesis of this book was I did a piece for Crisis Magazine in, in July 2020, right in the middle of the kind of, you know, horrible summer of 2020 yeah, with all yeah. the uprisings and the George Floyd stuff and everything else. And it was called Roman Catholics, the Original Abolitionists. And my friend Scott Hahn got after me to turn it into a book. 
But but I wrote then back back in that article that the church had been condemning slavery since at least I mean you want to go by formal papal statements uh, sicut dudum by Pope Eugene the Fourth in yep. in January fourteen thirty five. Yeah. Yep. And you know that's that's four hundred years before Wilberforce, yeah, <laughs> and, and the Brits, right? Right, it, right. Four hundred thirty years before uh, before the end of our Civil War, and 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 in fact that one on that one Sikudutum is is called against the enslavement of of of, of black Indians in the Canary Islands. Yep, that's that's what and, I was referring to. Yeah, yeah, and and the the title of the book, the worst of indignities. The Catholic Church and slavery, worse than indignities, that comes from a phrase by Pope Pius X, who called um, credited slavery. He, he said, "Who who invented slavery? Satan did." Yeah, and that echoes what Pope Paul the Third said in 1537. Right, and right. Yeah, in 1400s, 1500s, the Church is calling for excommunication of yeah. know, lay people, the princes and kings who engage in slavery. And, and, and our church, Al, even called for reparation yeah. of, of, of all things, yeah. right? Yeah. Which, which, which you know, makes sense, g- giving our, our theology. Of it. When you commit a sin, you make reparation for That's it. That's right. That's right. So, so our, and, and then I, I'm sort of jumping around, but I will talk about this. But, I mean, there are statements back to the Council of Ogden in the year 506, uh, St. Patrick, uh, Gregory the Great, and on and on and on. And this is one of the ones that, that's just left me so baffled how anybody out there can be saying, and, and believe me, they're saying it right now, uh, that the Catholic Church launched the slave trade, made possible the slave trade, didn't get around to condemning slavery till Vatican II. There's no excuse for this kind of profound ignorance. No, it, it, There's just none at all. <clears throat> So, given the clarity of the papal teaching, what is it that allows uh, enemies of the Church, and even those who might be favorable to the Church, but just haven't looked into it, what, how, does, how do they ignore these explicit condemnations? I mean, are there documents that—I mean, I, looking here at a— one of the criticisms of uh, Joel Panzer's book, The Popes and Slavery, is that he wasn't uh, familiar with this doctoral dissertation by um, uh, looking for the guy's name now. It's an, it's an unusual yeah, name, fa- Father Father Adele. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and 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 I, I don't mean this as a as a snarky insult, but um, Father Adele's dissertation. Really, hardly anyone's aware of it, and it's and it's new. It, it just came out, and and to be completely candid, um, even with all the research that I did, I wasn't aware of of, of Father Adele's work until uh, my editor Tom Nash yeah. discovered it and said, uh, "You might want to take a look at this." Yeah, yeah and good. and and we had trouble finding it in 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 in, in English. I mean, it, it took a while, and yeah. then and then I went through it, and I, I mean, I could have easily ignored it. No one would have ever known that I ignored it. Uh, but but you know, I I, I want to be fair, and I want to you know, I want to. If there's criticisms and something I'm missing, I mean, I I don't just say this. Right. I, my interest is the truth. That's right. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. And, yeah. And, and and I really regret to to having start this book to, in the introduction where I've had to talk about Pope Nicholas V, 
who who put out two statements, Dumb Diversus, which came out in June 1452, and and Romanus uh, Pontifex in in January 1454, and no one is even sure about those dates. And those two documents are really hard to find. And just in the last couple years, uh, maybe eh, maybe a little bit longer, Al. Those are being trotted out as doing nothing short of, you know, launching the slave trade. Wow. <laughs> right? Yeah. But, 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 the, but those, so I deal with those right off in the introduction. So if you look, if you string together hundreds of papal statements, uh, bulls, exhortations, encyclicals, quotes from popes, quotes from saints, and on and on, I'm talking hundreds of them, the only two anomalies in the entire string are those two by Nicholas V. Okay. And, 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 and they're dealing with the time of Constantinople, 1453. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I'm not exaggerating. I emailed over 100 Catholic scholars, and I can quantify that because I, I actually went to a couple full lists of Catholic social scientists mm-hmm. Asking, mm-hmm. Yeah, asking people, what do you know about these two? What, what do you know about these two statements? Because you know, these are utterly confounding, and what you know? What what's up with these? These do these do not fit. You know, these these are these have got to be anomalies. Yeah. But 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 that said, even dealing with those two, that that some scholars have just noticed in the last few years and are exaggerating to crazy proportions, given what everything else the church has said. I mean, you can't as a scholar that you pick two things. Ignore the other two hundred, right, 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 and no, focus on those two. You can't do that. And, and in, in fact, I haven't either. I mean, I've, I've dealt with them up front, but but yeah, you know, those are the only two in an otherwise incredible record by our church that that I mean, no other institution in the history of humanity, right. Can can match the Catholic Church yeah. in opposition to slavery? None. And, period. And, and None. you you would hope that would be the case because it, it's in our DNA. You know, I mean, <laughs> from the Exodus forward. I mean, so right, so right. you'd hope that there'd be that consistency of thought on those two documents: the Bulls of Pope Nicholas V that you referred to, uh, Dum Diversus and uh, Romanus Pont- Pontifex. Pontifex. Are do we actually do we have um, f- do we have the full documents, and are, are they available in English? Well, they're hard to find in English. Okay. And so I had to go to a couple of different uh, websites in, where they're, they're posted in Latin and Italian. Okay. And, and I had to translate them. Yeah. And I had to spend you know, a lot of time you know, doing I, I I know Italian pretty well. I, I don't speak it fluently, but I can read it, mm-hmm. and 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 so I, I did my own translations, and then I ran it by other people, and and so a lot of it can depend on how you're translating these. Yeah, and and I got so many different interpretations and documents, and even like I said, differing dates, and and, and I should note too that um, Father Joel Panzer. In his excellent book, I did not know that that book even existed until yeah. about two or three years ago. Yeah, uh, it, they're not in his book. And I, um, <laughs> Father, if you're out there listening, <laughs> I, 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 I emailed him. I tried to track him down uh, to find out if he knew anything about him. They, right. they really are mysterious. They're, they're, they're anomalous, right? They're, they're definite anomalies. Mm-hmm. And, 
uh, and they're they're hard to figure out. My 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 interpretation is they're not good. Um, I, I I don't think they're good. Yeah, but they definitely don't explain the church's position. They don't explain all the tradition. And after. Yeah, no, yeah. not at all. Not Very at good. All. We'll come back and we'll start digging into the the church on slavery. Dr. Paul Kengor is my guest. The worst of indignities. The Catholic Church on Slavery. The title of his newest book. I'm Al Cresta. The best. 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 Of Crest in the Afternoon Countdown. Number Number 21. Good afternoon. I'm Al Cresta. With me is Dr. Paul Kengor. We're looking at the topic, the Catholic Church on slavery. Uh, Many people, I, I would say even the vast majority of Catholics, have no idea the strength of magisterial teaching in its condemnation of slavery. Uh, But there's a lot of fog surrounding that. Uh, In the first segment, Paul and I talked about two documents, um, again, that stand out as anomalous to this great body of teaching. It's uh, from Pope Nicholas V, 1452-1454. Again, that's just two decades after Pope Eugene IV condemned slavery in the most uh, vivid terms, even calling for excommunication of those who would not release uh, their African slaves in the Canary Islands. So, Paul, so let me, let me go to this question of fog. It, are, are there different definitions of what constitutes slavery? I mean, I know ancient slavery in the Roman Empire is not the same as the kind of chattel slavery and racial slavery we've had in the United States. So I'm wondering, when the Catholic Church talks about slavery, what's the definition? Well, that's a good question. And I mean, yeah, there's certainly different forms. In fact, today we have this uh, 1619 project, right? Yeah. That uh, Nicole Hannah-Jones has been pushing in the New York Times there's actually a book, Al, that came out. I think it was 2007. So it was before before the the you know, 1619 even caught on, <clears throat> and 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 it was about 1618. <laughs> and the book is called the book is called White Cargo, and and it actually did pretty well. I, you, you might be aware of it. You might have read it. But but the the first slaves to come to America were white. They were they're about. In fact, the book White Cargo estimates. About three hundred thousand indentured servants okay. that that came to America um, from Britain, from yeah. from the UK, beginning in the year sixteen eighteen, and and you know, people say, yeah, but they they weren't treated as as bad as as the black African slaves as a whole. No, they weren't. But many of them were treated very badly. I mean, many of them were whipped, abused. I mean, a lot of them were able to. They were serving time in order to get off. It was a kind of a short term slavery. But um, but they were auctioned, you know. They were they were treated very very poorly. Yeah. Um, we had even after, and this is going to shock the the woke out there. Uh, you know, we, we've now replaced they they want to replace Columbus Day with Indigenous Peoples Day. I got news for you, folks. Yeah. You know the the so called five civilized tribes, the Native Americans, the Cherokees, the Choctaws, yep. and the other. Right. Uh, a, a number of them fought with the Confederacy in the Civil War. They they owned black African slaves. They own them still 
after the Civil War, and to this day, and there are some black Americans listening right now, they're nodding in agreement. They know what I'm talking about. There are lawsuits by some black American ancestors of those slaves against the civilized tribes, the Native American Indian tribes, who enslaved their black ancestors. Wow. So, so you know, that, you know, that went on after the Civil War in, in, in the United States. Uh, you know, slavery goes back to, uh, so what we call the transatlantic slave trade, uh, scholars usually start that around the year 1444. Okay. And, and you're talking millions and millions of slaves, you know, black African slaves. By the way, about, Al, about less than 5% of those came to North America. So about... About 4.4%, it's estimated, came to North America. They mostly went to Spain, um, Portugal. Oh, and the number one country, Brazil. Brazil. And Brazil still had, in fact, one of, one of the ex-slaves that I, that I profile in, in this book, who's a great story, is uh, Blessed Francisco de Paula Victor, um, 1827, died in the year 1905 who was a black African slave in Brazil who became a priest, yeah. who was ordained. Uh, Brazil, Brazil was number one. Wow. So, so for people out there on the political left who are you know, defining everybody by skin color, uh, which I don't want to do because I hate that. It's so degrading. But if this is how they score things, uh, you know, darker-skinned people in Brazil, or at least people in Brazil are Northern Europeans, Yeah. Right, yeah, they were owning black African slaves yeah. longer than we were, longer longer than the Brits were, and and again, transatlantic slave trade begins in 1444. Yeah. The first papal bull statement against slavery um, was ten years prior to that. Yeah, 1435, uh, yeah. I think. Yeah, Pope yeah, Eugene 1435. The Right, that's right. And in fact, uh, Joel Panzer starts his book with that one, The Siku Dudum, 1435. I found one online, and we're going to find more and more online as scholars go through the stuff, from uh, December 17, 1434, Creator uh, Omnium. So that's. What was that one again, Paul? I'm sorry, what was that? Yeah, it's called Creator Omnium. Okay. And that is December 17, 1434. So that's 10 years. Wow. Before the start of the transatlantic slave trade. And, and for scholars today who want to say, uh, well, boy, it took the church a long time to, to denounce uh, black African slavery. Whoa, 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 whoa. The, the, black, the black African slave trade started in 1444. Yeah. The, the church yeah. was condemning this in 1434. And there's a 1435 church statement explicitly against the, the enslavement of black Indians in it's the Canary amazing. Islands, uses the word black in the actual title. Yeah. Now, now yeah. somebody else could come in and say, where was the church late? It was late in condemning white slavery <laughs> and, and slavery of Jews and Gentiles. Yeah. Where was the church from the year of first century to 1434 on that? Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. And to broaden this even more, um, scholars estimate that slavery began, of course, as everyone knowing Christians listen to this show know, it didn't begin in 1444 with the transatlantic slave trade. Right. Right? I mean, it, it's in the New Testament. Yes. It's in the Old, Old Testament. Testament. It's been a feature of human history since the fall, I assume. So. Yeah, I, I mean, the Jews in, 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 in Egypt, and, and, and scholars trace slavery back to ancient Mesopotamia, 
and uh, the Tigris and Euphrates, modern-day Iraq, and go look Tigris and Euphrates in your Bible. Yeah. It talks about it in the book of Genesis as the site of something called the Garden of Eden. Yeah. So slavery goes back to, you know, like right after the Garden of Eden. Yeah. This goes yeah. back like 8,000 years B.C. So, so unfortunately, uh, this evil, and it's indeed an evil, uh, it, it ha- has touched not just you know, um, black Americans, right, but, but almost every culture. I, I, I often look back, Alan, I think, wistfully, oh, man, if I could go back 400 years and live with my ancestors in Reggio Calabria, Italy, how wonderful <laughs> that would be. Those poor people lived under constant threat of the Muslims, the Barbary pirates, right, right? and the Muslims right. are to this day the king slavers of all time, coming in and capturing their girls and taking them off into slavery, capturing their boys and turning them into janissaries. Yeah. Right. Uh, yep. The Crusades. We were fighting to, because the Muslims were enslaving all the Christian peoples in the in the year a thousand, eleven hundred, twelve hundred. So this has gone on forever, unfortunately. Now the conditions for slavery. I mean, wartime. Right. You you take prisoners of war. They become slaves right. for you. Um, when? What other kinds of slavery? Um, do we have well-defined ways for, in the Roman Empire, for instance? Do we? How were those tra- slaves dealt with? Because in some cases they seem to have been able to work for their freedom. Um, what? How were they? Cons- were they? They weren't there for racial reasons. So, they were they victims of war. Uh, were they just lower class people that upper class people decided to? Uh, employ, you might say, uh, as members of the household. Where did slaves yeah, come well, from? Yeah. Well, oftentimes, and and they and slaves were always seen as, as kind of a booty, right? Yeah. yeah. Of, of of wartime, and in the in the eighteen hundreds, there, there's just this awful quote from from the Sultan of Morocco, who you know he's talking about Wilberforce and the British government in the nineteenth century, and you have all these Christian abolitionist right and 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 the sultan this is a quote from the sultan he's incredulous he's confused he says the traffic in slaves is a matter in which all sects and nations have agreed upon from the time of the sons of adam up to this day yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, like he, doesn't, he doesn't understand what are these people squawking about what's all this morality <laughs> this is, stuff that's right this is just <laughs> natural <laughs> yeah. I, mean, it, I mean it's in our quran yeah uh, muhammad had had slaves he was a warlord yeah uh, he had concubines he had slave girls the purpose of the slave girls was for him to have sex yeah. With them, and and he and he, he even he says here, no one need ask this question, right? I I I, I don't understand this, yeah. and, and 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 there's a reason why it continues. The the last nations to abolish slavery have almost been all Muslim nations, late 1900s, and people listening right now, Google U.S. State Department report on modern slavery in the Sudan yeah. in the 21st century. It's still going on in the Sudan right now. That's right. With with you know, black Muslim Sudanese capturing Christians yeah. there, yeah. And, and 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 ISIS is doing it right now. And and you know the Islamic State that they're trying to establish. They they have sex slaves with yeah. young girls. They have and they have boys that they're capturing and turning into soldiers 
forcing them to become Muslims and fight against Christians, like modern janissaries. Uh, so so it, 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 fortunately, it's still going on to this day, and, and, and that's the kind of slavery that, that, we, that we were experiencing in America, right, 150, 200 years ago. And then beyond that, as Pope Francis has wonderfully talked about, probably more than any other pope, there's, there's human trafficking, going on now. sex trafficking, yeah. the Caviezel movie that just came yeah. out. Yeah. In fact, the group Free the Slaves, they estimate that there's anywhere from like 26 to 40 million yeah. slaves yeah. in the world today, according to, you know, there are different definitions of different types of modern-day slavery, um, not all of which is sex trafficking, not all of which is like what you might call, you know, economic slavery, which I think is kind of playing a little bit more loose with some of the terms here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but a lot of that is kind of classic chattel yeah. slavery yeah. That, that that's still going on. So this has been here since the dawn of humanity, unfortunately. Uh, but the one shining light that's morally condemned from the beginning, uh, longer than any other group, has been the Roman Catholic Church. And we're going to continue unpacking uh, Paul's research the Catholic Church on Slavery. The book is called The Worst of Indignities. Uh, this is one of those volumes you want to keep uh, available because it attacks one of those uh, strongholds of uh, intellectual. The best. 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 Of Cresta in the Afternoon Countdown. Number, Number 21. 21. Good afternoon. I'm Al Cresta. With me, Dr. Paul Kengar. Slavery in History, Slavery in the Catholic Church. His book is called The Worst of Indignities. Paul, I want to ask one question, somewhat academic, but you're the best one to ask, I guess. You have, in, in 1435, 1434, 1435, the Catholic Church has papal documents condemning slavery. Um. And then, in, and then you have what people call the beginning of the transatlantic slave trade in 1444. Then you've got these two documents from Nicholas V, uh, Dum Divras and Romanus Pont- Pontifex. Does anybody try to figure out how those documents relate to one another? In other words, when you've got papal documents, these magisterial documents condemning slavery— and then, you know, 20 years later, you've got two documents which, you know, the consensus is that these seem to somehow support slavery. What happened in a space of 20 years, 30 years? Well, the short answer is I don't think anybody really has quite figured it out. Now, some people are trying to, and I think they're not being very charitable about it. Yeah. And and, and, and now, now Father Adele, who I noted earlier, who's um, very harsh on the Church, and especially on some of the encyclicals that I think you know, clearly condemned black slavery in particular. Yeah. Uh, it, now, ironically, he's actually quite charitable to Nicholas V okay. on, on these two documents, and, and he actually says that, and in fact, this is a direct quote, he said, did the Pope really know what he was actually writing about and authorizing in this bull? Yeah. Question mark. Okay. And from the look of things, uh, as the above shows, it is to say the least that he was completely out of touch with the actual situation of things on the ground mm. 
in West Africa while issuing this bull. In fact, Father Adal Al seems to portray Nicholas V as misled or duped. Okay. Uh, okay. And 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 which which I think which I think would make sense because again it just doesn't fit. Right. And then right. and then and then after that, I mean a century later, June fifteen thirty seven, Pope Pope Paul the Third um, issued Sublimus Deus, and and that's on the enslavement and evangelization of Indians. And now 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 so people, if let's say you just wanted to start there, okay, yeah, fifteen thirty seven, right there. Now that's a century before 1619, right? Right. right. A Plymouth Rock, the Mayflower, John Winthrop aboard the Arabella, everything. All right. Now, now Paul the Third says in June 1537 that he he credits the institution of slavery to quote the enemy of the human race unquote <laughs> Satan. All right. And 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 this is what our Pope said in 1537. Okay. This is. 500 years ago. On the enslavement and evangelization of Indians. Exactly. Mm -hmm. He he wrote this. This cannot be disputed, what he's saying here. Desiring to provide ample remedy for these evils, we define and declare by these our letters that said Indians, and listen to this, Al, and all other people who may later be discovered by Christians Mm. are by no means to be deprived of their liberty or the possession of their property, even though they may be outside the faith of Jesus Christ, and that they may and should freely and legitimately enjoy their liberty and the possession of their property, nor should they be in any way enslaved. All right? So he's saying that in 1537 about these Indians and, and, quote, a whole other people who may later be discovered by Christians. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Regardless Pretty of whether clear. they're Christians. Yeah. Uh, and, and that is indisputable, man. You don't, don't come to me and say, uh, well, you got to wait till Leo the 13th, about 1895, <laughs> or Vatican II in the 1960s. If, if you think that, you're, you're ignorant. Yeah. And, 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 and you need to look at this document because you're wrong. Yeah. Okay. This is in 1537. So even if you want to ignore the stuff from 1434 and 1435 and start your narrative with Nicholas V and Dumb Diverses, which you can't do because that's not scholarly and that wouldn't be accurate. Right. All right. But but okay, it, it, just start with 1537. All yeah. right. That's 300 years before Wilberforce. Right. All right. You know, that that's 330 years be, be, be before the American Civil War. Uh, you can't ignore stuff like this. And, and and that's reflective generally of what the church taught from a, in, in formal statements and cyclicals beginning in 1434. I think part of the problem too is that Catholics make uh, make a big deal of teaching authority. A lot of us mm-hmm. came into full communion with the Catholic Church because we we thought that Jesus actually intended there to be ongoing uh, teaching authority uh, in the church. But a lot of people don't, and so what they say is they don't care what the church taught. They are only interested in what Christians did. And I think yes. it's important for us to point out that what we're defending is the church's teaching. We're not we're not defending everybody's behavior. Well, and, and a very important point on that. Now, some people listening might say, well, you know, uh, Georgetown University apologized right. for— 
um, owning and selling a bunch of slaves in the 1800s. Um, they did, and that's good that they apologized, and they were wrong. And there are uh, there are other orders that have done stuff like that. In mm-hmm. fact, the, the the scholar, I think her name is Shannon Williams, if I got it wrong, I apologize. She's doing a lot of work on, on this subject. But uh, take Georgetown in the mid-1800s. Okay, all right. Um, there was a guy named St. John DeMatha. <laughs> He's a saint in our church, all right? He lived from the year 1160 to 1213, okay? <laughs> this is like six centuries before Georgetown, yeah. okay? He founded an entire order of the Most Holy Trinity to ransom Christian slaves, wow. all right? There's another guy, St. Peter in Alaska, 1189 to 1256, called the Ransomer, all right? He was doing the same thing. That's 900 years ago, all right? <laughs> there are the Spanish Dominicans from, from the Salamanca school in the 15th and 16th century. Mm-hmm. Uh, Francisco de Vitoria, um, Antonio Montesinos, who gave an amazing sermon, I am a voice crying in the wilderness. Mm-hmm. Melchor Cano, uh, De Vitoria, by the way, is considered the father of international law. I was going to point Dominic, that out, right. Yeah. yeah, Dominic de Soto, Bartolome de, de las Casas. Yeah. These guys were unbelievable what they were doing. Yeah. And, 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 and also, the cover of, of my book has St. Peter Claver. I wish everybody could just know the story of St. Peter Claver. Give us a little story. Unbelievable. Leo XIII said, No other person in the history of Christianity other than Jesus Christ has impressed me as much as St. Peter Claver. So, so, yeah, I mean, think about that. So you had this Jesuit, uh, 1580 to 1654. He called himself the slave of the slaves, the, the slave to Negroes, he called himself. It, he, would, he would row out. He, he couldn't even wait for, for the ship to come to the shore. All right? He would get a couple oarsmen and row out to the ship as soon as it was coming in. From, from northern Africa, in the, in the guts of the ship, the people were in there for weeks, these poor souls, Ugh. rotting, right, dying, vomiting, you know, excrement all over, the, horrible, horrible, inhuman treatment of these poor people. The most hardened sailors couldn't even go down, to, down there to clean the place. Peter Claver would, would row there, get into the bottom of, of the ship, go in, Wipe their faces with his, with his cloak, kiss their faces, mm. um, you know, bless them, baptize them. Tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, of them. Uh, it was unbelievable what what Peter Claver did. And the church is filled with these holy men and women who I, I profile um, three modern slaves in, in one section of the book: uh, Josephine Bakita, yep, um, Augustus Tolton. Mm-hmm. And and Pierre du, Pierre Toussaint, who were both mm-hmm. Americans, uh, it, all three of them benefited from kind Catholics uh, who got them into seminaries, who who sought their freedom, yeah. who who stood out for treating them better than everyone else was doing. Now, it's not to say that there weren't Catholics along the way. Who mistreated these people? There were sure. In, 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 in fact, the, the 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 priest who got Augustus Tolton into a seminary had to write a letter to like every Catholic seminary in the United States, and he was rejected by all of them because he was black. Yeah. So he said, "I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to send him to Rome." Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> and that's where they accepted him. 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. But but you but these are stories of great Catholics who truly live the faith and and live the teachings of the church. Um, you know, all the way back to not just our church. I should add New Testament Galatians. Right. Neither Jew nor Gentile, slave yeah. or free, uh, male or female. So um, it, it, it's also a story of great individuals doing truly heroic and saintly things to free slaves. And also I feature a number of ex-slaves um, who became saints and even became popes, yeah. including St. Gregory the Great. Well, this is, again, this is, such, this is so important. We need to push back against the profound misunderstandings there. So how to be an anti-racist? Give us a lesson. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so so to, how to be an anti-racist is uh, we have one do what Jesus would do, <laughs> and uh, you know WWJD right? right? What would Jesus do? And uh, I I conclude the book by by talking about a wonderful um, lecture given by Archbishop Gomez a couple years ago, and he was telling us to proclaim Christ, not these new pseudo religious movements, right? That preach things like critical race theory, yeah. and you know, critical race theory. Uh, those of it that that is you know, uh, you know, Marxist-based critical race theory. Uh, it, it do not what Karl Marx did. I mean, Martin Luther King Jr. Yeah. said, you know, just just follow the teachings of Christ. Right. Right. right? We're made in the image of God. So you know, you know, don't do what these Marxist-based critical race theory scholars do. Do what Jesus would do and follow the teachings of the Church, which has centuries, millennia, of examples and statements from truly holy men and women on how we're supposed to treat our fellow human beings. Yeah. And we, you know, people, um, we, sh- we, we judge, we, we ought to judge communities uh, on the best that they produce, not the worst. And mm-hmm. I think this is why it's so frustrating to hear people talk about uh, cast dispersions on the church. Um, and all I can say is, why don't you take a look at some of these saints that you're referring to here, uh, Paul, because these are ma- stories of human magnificence, because they're human beings who have laid their lives out in pursuit of Christ. And you mm-hmm. mentioned uh, St. Peter Claver. Um, Venerable Pierre Dussant, uh, Venerable Augustus Tolton, uh, Saint uh, Josephine Paquita, uh, and you've got you you list a whole Saint Onesimus. This is a great story. Why don't you tell the yeah. story of Onesimus? Because he's right in the yeah. New Testament. Well, well, that's exactly right. Yeah, in fact, he was he was first century, and uh, he had been a slave, and 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 he was martyred. Um, so was Felicity. Um, that's right, Saint Felicity. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Moses the Black. Yep. who's about the year 330 to 405, St. Patrick, 4th century. And by the way, I would point out with people like Peter Claver, right? Some would say, well, why didn't he end slavery? Well, because he couldn't in his time, <laughs> right? right? But, but he, did, he did more than that. He wiped their faces. Yeah. He loved them, Yeah. right? Amen. Sometimes that's the best you can do in your time. That's right. That's right. Well, thank you so much. Wonderful piece of work, and um, I'm so glad you did it. Thank you. Appreciate it. Dr. Paul Kengor, The Worst of Indignities.